Welcome back to the Nick's Cave. I am Sam here with Max and Nick. And uh, it's the day after the draft. A lot of stuff went down. So we're just going to have a little, little vent sesh, a little group therapy, just try to make sense of all the wheeling and dealing and uh, figure out where the Knicks stand right now. So just to recap for everybody, the Knicks started with the 11th pick in the draft and then traded that pick which became Usman Jang for to Oklahoma city for the 2023 Denver pick top 14 protected the 2023 Detroit pick protected one through 18 until 2024 protected one through 13 in 2025, then one through 11, then one through nine, the 2023 Washington pick, which is lottery protected next year, then one through 12 and 24 and one through 10 in 25, one through eight the year after that. Okay, that was the first trade. The Knicks then took the Denver pick and four second round picks, including their pick next year, their pick the year after, and a Utah pick, and then a Dallas or Miami pick, along with the Denver pick to Charlotte for Jalen Duran, who was picked 13th. And then uh, they took Jalen Duran and sent him to Detroit along with Kemba for the 2025. Milwaukee pick uh, protected top one through four. So we started with the 11th pick and Kemba and we took, we shipped those out and we ended up with the Detroit pick, the Washington pick and the Milwaukee pick and a bunch of cap space. Okay. So enough that's to make where the we head spin. enough to make the head spin. I know we were all going crazy last night. Yeah. Figure out what was going on. And, you know, for some reason, I was really upset about this yesterday. I think we were all really upset about it. We were up until like three in the morning venting about this. Um, In the light of day, I'm a little bit less upset. Uh, I think as it stands alone, the first trade was actually quite good uh, to get three first round picks in future years. None of them are likely to be premium picks, but I think the Detroit and Washington picks probably project to convey in like the next, I don't know, maybe, maybe in like the two to three year range and be somewhere in the late mid to late teens. Um, and that Denver pick should convey next year. There were 21 this year. So we traded that one though, right? We traded the Denver pick. Yeah. I'm just saying the first trade is a standard. Oh yeah. 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 I think what really is grinding everyone's gears is that we sent out that pick to get rid of Kemba, which is just, you know, we signed this guy last year um, and I, you know, we didn't really think about it at the time, but signing him to a two-year contract was pretty stupid. And now you, after that failed experiment, have to attach a first round pick, even though we did get one back, but the pick we got back was 2025. So what happened to Scott Perry's team option special on Kemba? We didn't get that there. Scott Perry <laughs> team optioned every single contract that he ever signed except for this one <laughs> i just we didn't even have to give like kemba was just going to be bought out anyways why did we give him 20 million over two years or yeah. 19 million over two years all we had to do was just wait for him to be bought out yeah right yep it's these are all basically all of the signings last year when you look at them individually you were like okay this is fine i guess but I think you also could say who was, who was like outbidding us for these guys, you know? Yeah. Like like if we had given Kemba, if we had offered him a one plus one, he wasn't going to come. Also the idea with the signings last year was like, we're giving him two plus ones because there aren't really any great free agents in 2023. So it doesn't matter if we don't have cap space in 2023, sorry, 2022 there aren't any great free agents in 2022. So it doesn't matter if we have cap space this summer, we're just going to sort of field this competitive team for two years and try to make a splash 2023. But the front office, I mean, with all their connections to Jalen Brunson, they should have known he was going to be a free agent this summer and they would have interest in pursuing him. So they gave out those contracts. It seems like expecting not to be super active in free agency this summer. And now they've decided they're going to be active in free agency. So they have to, 
scramble to find more assets to offload the contracts that they just signed. Yeah. Even if the, the trade is good value in a vacuum, it's just not good process, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I feel like the reason the thinking behind the contracts last off season was look, if they didn't realize that Brunson was going to be a free agent this season and they might want him like then we're just screwed because you know that all that takes is to go onto hoopsype.com and look up 2022 NBA free agents. Like we were looking, <laughs> we were looking at Brunson. Uh, and if so, you know, if the GM of the team isn't, doesn't realize who's also his godfather doesn't realize <laughs> that he might be available. That I don't know what to say, but I think the idea was like, these are fine value contracts and we'll be, and we'll be able to like trade them for assets. Which like with the Noel one, I think was stupid and misguided. But I think with the Burks one, they felt like, you know, we could just trade Burks for like second round picks or something. Um, I'm not, I never, you know, I don't think we, anyone ever thought we were going to get like meaningful assets for these, but they just figured like, yeah, we'll just unload these if we need to make a play. And like, worst case, we're, we're like locking in a team that was good last year. It really all just, everything just comes back to how, how sour the Randall contract turned. And and I think also that the other contracts they gave out didn't pan out the way they expected. So they, I guess if you want to point to a lack of foresight, it would be not really considering like the obvious risk of a D-Rose injury, right? Which is like, could have definitely factored in and, and should have been factored into their planning. Um, not considering you know, that Evan Fournier might not be the player that they signed up for, not considering that Alec Burks might have a down year. Like, all these things kind of happened, and, it, you know, but they didn't really seem to have a solid plan B here. I think that's kind of the frustration is that, like, their right. plan A was, like, we, we feel like this is safe. We feel like our team's going to kind of remain the same, and that these guys are – gonna at least pan out to some semblance of the the year that we had previously and they didn't quite foresee or have a a solid plan b um for if things went to shit which they did right and it i guess it the other concerning thing is like they they clearly did not think enough about how the pieces were going to fit together last year like by all accounts, Tibbs was not high on getting Kemba, right? So they like gave, they kind of put together this team that ended up not fitting that well together. And it seemed like they kind of just assumed that it was going to fit well together. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's overly critical. Maybe that maybe like if Randall had been good, then there would be no way, you know, maybe this none of this would be a problem, basically. Yeah. Is yeah. That kind of- Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, and I mean, with the idea of getting Brunson, like, I mean, I love Brunson, and I was super high on the idea of getting him, but I was idea, I was high on that idea when it was, like, pairing him with our young core to, like, grow together as a young team. But it seems like this front office is not, I mean, we're just, like, trading away. Like, last year we punted our mid-teens pick which then we turned into cam reddish and with the pick we got for that then this year we punted our pick in a range of the draft that i really liked for future picks that may or may not convey and i like brunson but if we're sort of going all in on trying to trade for a star and build like a championship team around brunson i feel like i don't like that as much i liked it more when it was like he would sort of help steward and guide our young players. And I'm just not sure if that's the front office's goal anymore. Yeah. I think that's still, I think that think that still is the plan. I mean, Brunson's what, 25 years old. He's not, listen, I think we're all kind of semi on board with the Brunson plan to some extent. It's just, it's just, it's just more like this trade felt like a little bit demoralizing. And I think we can probably get into it mostly because we kind of had expectations of actually making the pick. We had some guys that we liked at that spot. Um, And now we're kind of trading for future assets 
things that would primarily be useful from our perspective, I think, or from you can get, you guys can tell me what you think, but from my perspective in a trade and not necessarily, you know, used for actual players that we can, you know, young guys that we can come in and kind of add to our developmental core. And I think that's kind of like, you know, they are trying to toe this line of like having development while also having veterans and being competitive, but it's a very difficult line to toe. And and, and I think we're finding that out. It's, it's not, you know, this kind of cut and dry plan and, you know, if free agents don't come, if like real free agents don't come, then and, and, you know, your young players don't exactly pan out or they're not, you know, they're kind of stifled by the veterans that you have on your team. That really is problematic for from a developmental perspective on the one hand. But then also from if you're really trying to target trades and free agency, it's also not that easy from that perspective either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're I think, yeah, these picks are never going to be, I will be shocked if these picks that we acquire today are used by us, like in their, in their actual form. I wouldn't like, maybe they could be used in a trade up or something, but I think these picks, we all sort of consider them as trade fodder. And I, and I totally agree with what you're saying, Nick, but I think, I do think that has been the plan since they walked in here. And like, that's what, when you hire Tibbs, like that's, that was the clearest signal. And I think we all were like, oh my God, they hired these player development guru coaches like Johnny Bryant, Kenny Payne, I don't know, Woodson sort of qualifies maybe. We were like, are they finally going to like develop the youth and and all that? And I think like we're giving them a little bit short short shrift because like to a certain extent they have with quickly, definitely with quickly and like even Obi and Grimes. Um, But I think the plan since day one has been like, okay, get respectable and like become decent and maintain flexibility and then if the if the knicks the new york knicks in the mecca of basketball with like the schmoozer in chief worldwide west and head of caa leon rose and like yada 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 all that like sickening sort of mumbo jumbo stuff uh if that team is like you know 42 wins for a few years then when the guy the next guy the next like future young guy acts asked out of his team will be in a position to trade for him. And like, that's always been the plan in my opinion. So like in that respect, it's like nothing that they have done has really been that surprising. None of it, but it's just like every year or not every year, just like every sort of like trade deadline draft, every, you know, free agency, every single one of these periods, we all get our hopes up because what we really want is just to lean into the youth and just play the homegrown kids. If we lose a bunch of games, that's great. Get a worse, get a, get a worse record and a better draft pick. Like that's what we want. And they're just, that's not what they were brought here to do. I don't think Dolan has the stomach for it. Just want him to build like a normal freaking team. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we were talking about it last night. Like it, it doesn't really seem to us like rocket science. It's like, you know, our, our only real meaningful player that we've had was the number three pick, the highest pick that or that we that we've kind of drafted is is the highest pick that we've drafted such Patrick Ewing. And that's RJ Barrett. And right. and outside of that, we keep picking these kind of like late lottery picks. And you know, Obi, I guess, is a bit of a disappointment so far. But I think you know, I think he's shown some signs, and I I don't think we're so down on him just yet. No, but but still, it just feels like man, from that point when we signed Randall. You know, that that's really where the direction of our franchise kind of went into a, a little bit of a mystery box for me because I was like, which which that, that could have given us a nice opportunity to just fully tank and get some top tier picks. But which time did we sign him? You mean? The first one? The first time that we signed him, yeah. It yeah. felt like it felt like we kind of scrambled to make something out of the completely botched Kyrie K D situation and I think it's coming back to haunt us. And then obviously we didn't have to extend him. I mean, that was a weird, weird one too, but. I can't put that on them though. Like I, that is one of the things that I can't blame the front office for because he looked so good last year. Yeah. When we signed that, when the team signed to that extension, we were all thrilled. Everybody 
national media, I remember Bobby Marks, Windhorst, like all these people were like, it's a great value to get this like second team all NBA guy on a below max deal for like the next four years. We signed him at 26, right? I think he's, he's 26 or 27 now. So like you get yeah. him for his, for his entire prime at a below max deal. Like it seemed like a no brainer. And last year he was like a devastating, or I guess two years ago now, he was a devastating three point shooting, like good defense, just kind of like do it all for man. Last year he was just devastating. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the other thing is like, we're actually, if you just like think about it, true, we don't have the number one piece and that's really annoying. We don't even have the number two piece. But if you think about like, okay, we've got RJ Barrett, we've got Emmanuel Quickly, we've got Obi Toppin, we've got Grimes. We have all of our first round picks. Don't forget Deuce. Maybe, maybe Deuce. <laughs> maybe Deuce. <laughs> Quick Deuce. Uh, maybe Deuce. We have all of our first round picks in perpetuity. And we have an additional, what is that? An additional four first rounders conveying at some point over the next, like, I think, I think it's seven years or something like that. So that's like a lot of stuff. But then I, I know, Max, you brought up the point that like nominally it sounds like more stuff than it actually is when you start to look at the protections on these picks. And it's like, okay, the Dallas pick next year, probably not going to be that great. Um, and even if, and like, if it's like Luga gets hurt and they're a bottom and they're a lottery team, then it's not going to convey. Right. Yeah. Uh, like none of these picks are lottery picks. The best, right. The kind of the, the one that's like the juiciest to me is the Washington pick, which the year after this, is one through 12 and the year after that is one through 10 and they seem to always be in that like eight to 12 band so like there's yeah. a chance there but again like it's not that's you're you're threading a very fine line and i so i that was all a long way of saying like they have ammo and flexibility and optionality to do stuff but like we have been waiting since leon rose got here for them to do something and they just like haven't really ever, they just have sort of like continued to make these marginal asset upgrades. And like, yeah. they're just sort of like biding their time, spinning, water. And spinning and spinning and spinning their, their assets into smaller, more diffuse assets. <laughs> right. And the, right. Yeah. And they're just kind of, and future assets, right? There's, there's something where it just feels a little bit like they're, and I think you said it yesterday, Sam, like they're kind of devaluing the present in some ways and they're devaluing all their present assets for yeah. these future and 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 that's a classic like front off it, it, the, the frustration can come from like oh that's a classic like front off front office move just kicking the can down the road you know just kind of maintaining the status quo and it's a really it, it can be kind of demoralizing when you when you have high hopes for you know a young up-and-coming team and um you know after last year i, th I think also because those contracts from last year just kind of look so mediocre and some of them below mediocre. Um, I think, I think it just kind of brings into question a broader vision for the team. Like what they, they, there's no like clear kind of goal except for Jalen Brunson, who is a really great player. Like I, I I'm, I'd be very happy to get him. That my 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 true fear is that we don't get him, and then I'm like, well, what's the point of Leon Rose at all? I was gonna say, right. can we talk about what happens if we so don't that, get him? <laughs> right. So that is like, I guess that's the next thing we need to talk about, right? Because it's like you you make this trade if you are going to attach a first round pick, or okay, so they got a first round pick back. So like, but let's say you're gonna like slightly downgrade a first round pick, swap in it in a deal to get rid of Kemba Walker's nine million dollars for one year. Like you better know that you're getting Jalen Brunson, right? And if they have his dad on the staff, Leon Rose is his godfather. Leon Rose's son represents him. They have to know, right? Tell me, tell me. They Please. have to know, yeah. They have to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it also sounds like Dallas is projecting like they're not that concerned, although that could just be posturing. I mean, what is, I guess like all this stuff is like, okay, so there are two things. We're deep, first of all, we are deeply scarred from they have to know when they traded Chris Stapps and all of the bad contracts away 
to clear like 50 million in cap space. And we were like, oh, well, they have to know they're getting KD and Kyrie. Yes. And then they didn't get them. Yeah. But it's slightly different because. Although now it looks like maybe we were kind of dodged a bullet there. <laughs> we, I do think we dodged a bullet there, but that's a, that's a totally different topic. But like it's slightly different because that was in February projecting towards July. Like this is a week later. So, yeah. so Mark Stein reported today that we're prepping a four-year, $100 million offer for Jalen Brunson. And then Zach Lowe said on his, on his podcast with Bobby Marks after the draft that he thinks the Mavs will have to beat our offer um, to, to keep Brunson, not match it, because there's still some discontent from Brunson over them not wanting to extend him at, at I think it was 465 earlier in the year. And so... I don't know. I, I guess, right. We don't know. So we're kind of projecting that. But what we, what we should say is if they don't get this done, they like, that's it. We're out. Right. I yeah. mean, like, like literally we got the head of CAA who represents Jalen Brunson. We have his dad who has got to say something probably like, Hey man, I just got hired here. You, you know, you just come over, just come on over. Like there's no, I'm sure there's no like, yeah, there's obviously no tampering, right? But like, there's he's literally like his dad is working for us, so I'm sure he has a favorable opinion of the Knicks to some extent. If we cannot land this guy, then who is Leon gonna land? Who right. who can we land? Right. I mean, this right. guy is not even a top tier free agent. He's like he's a one B kind of player, or like a, yeah. even a two A, maybe yeah. maybe a two B no. even. I think I on, a, on a championship team, he's like he's like a third or four, a fourth option. Like a third, third option. Third, yeah. yeah. Depends on the through, I went through the point guards. Or I went through the teams, and I'd say there are 15 point guards for sure that I'd rather have than him. So he's probably somewhere in that like 15 to 20. Where he's like, he'd be an average starting point guard, basically. The, so I think he is better than we've had in a long average. time. And also, the 25 year old guys don't tend to come on the market like this so it is a unique opportunity and i think paying a bit of a premium for a player like that is fine right he's very skilled he's very skilled he does a lot of things well the the thing that concerns me with him is he so he shots 37 percent from three which is good but he only takes three threes a game he'll take more on our team why do you why do you think that necessarily i just i just think he's gonna you know if if he plays point guard, right, which I'm assuming he will, um, and he played more of a shooting guard role in, uh, for the Mavs, so I, I can see why that is a little bit of concern in the sense of, like, well, this is your role is to be more of, like, a spacer, floor spacer shooter. Although, when I did watch the Mavs in the playoffs, it felt like he was more, you know, like that secondary playmaker, so he would kind of get the ball on the perimeter and, you know, pump fake, drive, do some moves, you know, create for teammates or create his own shot kind of more in the paint or in the mid-range area so he is more of a mid-range shooter but I just feel like with the way Tibbs uses his point guards he'll he'll have the ball more in his hands he'll probably be running more like screen and roll actions um with Mitch if we keep a big or if we keep if we keep Mitch or whatever big we have I think he'll be more in positions where he'll be a primary facilitator and scorer and I do think he'll take more than three threes a game on our team I can tell you what happened in the games without Luca this year, because I've got those stats pulled up. Um, in how many games is this? Looks like about 15 games without Luca. He averaged 20 points, seven and a half assists, four rebounds, about 50% shooting from the field, 35% from three on three and a half attempts a game, and 80% from the line on about four attempts a game. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good player for sure. And, you know, he was a net positive player in those minutes as well, 34 minutes a game. So, yeah, I mean, he'd definitely be the best point guard option we've had in my time as a fan, I'd say. Like, he's better than Raymond Felton. He's better than... He would be the best point guard we've had since, like, Marbury? Yeah. Yeah, probably. And he's a winning player, and I like the way he plays. He'll probably help us play, like, a better style. And he's also kind of got that edge to him. Well, we were talking about maybe his dad would bring him here. I don't know, because I watched this clip where, like, after a Dallas win, he went on Inside the NBA, and Charles was like, oh, uh, do you think you've surpassed your dad as a player? 
and Brunson looked kind of like offended. And they're the first, they're like, Oh, we didn't mean to like offend your dad. He was like, no, my dad wasn't even a player compared to me. <laughs> no, I mean, but, but he's right. His like Rick Brunson. I looked this up. I, we can, we can tell you the exact uh, Rick Brunson NBA career. He, okay. Played. Oh, he played a lot. He played a lot more years than I thought, but his game started uh, over a, like, what is this, 20, over an eight-year career. He started 51 games total. Uh, the guy's career average was three points per game. Uh, his, he averaged 2.6 assists per game and uh, 1.3 rebounds per game. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, I don't know, maybe there's a little, maybe there's a little tension there that we don't know about. Oh, father-son <laughs> tension? <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. But... God. yeah i i don't know he'll help us play better for sure and i guess the plan is just remain competitive until we can trade for a star basically which i guess is the the clippers brooklyn nets model which hasn't worked out great for them but still at the time seemed like a great way to fast track like a championship contender but i just i again i just wish we built like a normal team like there's all these teams that i'm so excited about after the draft like okc like what they have going on and the guys they picked up, including Usman from us and Detroit getting Ivy. I think also the reason it was so deflating is it really Magic. felt like it really felt like we were going to trade for Ivy there for a second. Like yeah, with all the Knicks Pistons rumors swirling around. Yeah. And I don't know. Well, I don't know I'm what sure, the, offer I'm sure they made it. I'm sure they made an offer. I'm sure they tried, you know. I don't know what it, the Kings turned I've, down from us. I've read from it's it's always it's always easy it's offers. always easy to be disappointed. It's always easy to be disappointed when we actually don't have, you know, what was offered and then what the counter was, you know, yeah. and we see like how much they were actually asking for it. You know, it, it's easy to say like, well, they should have just pulled the trigger on something or like gone the extra mile, but like it really could have just been too much. And I think it might have been too much even for our palettes too, if we had actually seen what what was countered. So we we don't know that. Um, it's but part of the disappointment is that we never do we never have insight into that so it's kind of yeah difficult to really judge that that move and yeah and I'm just saying emotionally out. why it was deflating is because I was kind of amping myself up for Ivy and then instead we just got no one last night um, yeah but yeah I don't know is it big market disadvantage that we feel like we have to remain competitive to try to lure a star while all these smart markets can sorry small markets can do it the smart way i don't know big market disadvantage maybe wow this is a new a new take a novel take <laughs> i've never heard that one before well in the sense also it might be a nick's disadvantage in the sense that you know dolan and i have to you know put some blame on us as fans we we don't we're not very good at uh at, at being great fans in terms of like to our team um, and being nice to them when they're really shitty. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think something like, okay, see, they root for their guys no matter what kind of, and it was not like we don't root and we, it's not like we don't go to the games. We have amazing attendance, but man, when it, when things are going bad in New York city, it can be rough for the team and it can be rough on the organization and the fans get really loud and, I love our fans. I love, you know, this is how we are. We're super passionate, but like it, it is like, let's be honest. It is not easy to be, to have like a complete rebuild in New York. It's just but not. I, I think that said, we all would be so happy next year. If I think, I think we would all be happy watching the team next year. If uh, Burks is gone, Fournier is gone and Randall is gone and it's and yep, we, I agree. Brunson or not. And it's just like, we see what quickly Grimes, RJ, Obi, Mitch, Cam. We like just kind of see what they can do now. Obviously not That'd all of those guys are going to be gone. I would be like, at this point, I would be pretty surprised if um, Fournier and Randall, if like either of them were gone, I feel like Burks will probably be gone, which yeah. is fine. And I mean, I used to hate Fournier like like 30 games into last year, but I don't know. He, he's not like he doesn't offend me anymore. <laughs> it seems like it seems like the most likely option is we go into next year with a lineup of Brunson, Fournier, RJ, Randall, and Mitch, which is like, you know, fine. Probably somewhere in, in that play in range. Um, and then just hope that that competitiveness catches 
sort of washes the taste of last year out of people's mouths and gets them thinking back about two years ago when we were in the playoffs and the garden was going crazy over um, our series with the Hawks and hope that, you know, the Donovan Mitchell situation goes haywire or any number of other star players. But I don't know. I also sort of have this working theory that it feels like all the good stars are kind of happy where they are and they might just stay put for a while. Like, I don't know. I, Donovan Mitchell's great, but he's like, you know, a, a number two option probably on a really good team. And I, I don't know. I just, I just wish we had more patience to build naturally. Cause like, I don't think we're getting like a, like a Giannis type talent or anything like that with, with this plan. No, but I think like, I think that's more a factor of the sort of the sort of like tier of those top seven, eight, nine, ten guys in the NBA are kind of aging out. And right, they're all sort of like either entrenched in places that it seems like they want to be, like even Dame in Portland, for instance, or it's like, do you really want to trade that much for these guys because like they're on they're sort of on the downswing of their careers? Um, and then the other guys are like your Donovan Mitchells, your Tatum's, your um, who am I forgetting? Dejounte Murray, man, come on. I mean, yeah. So I guess we talk if about he's that available. Briefly. Listen, I mean, I, I, I did want to talk about this because this is like my favorite plan and would turn everything around for me. I would just be like the happiest little kid on Christmas. It would, just, <laughs> it would be so ecstatic if we somehow got him. And I, I would give up a lot to get this guy. I, I absolutely love him. I think he could play with Brunson um, and, and DeJounte Murray, the DeJounte Murray plan. <laughs> As far fetched as it seems, it's to- it's actually legitimately possible if that's if the Spurs are really even considering hey, you know, letting him go. I so give just, up every every pick we just spun out of that eleventh pick for Dejounte Murray. I can tell you that. <laughs> so we so just to back up, the reason we're talking about Dejounte Murray is because Jake Fisher, who's like one of the new well sourced guys, reported that the Spurs were listening on him but it would take a drew holiday like package so that was like three firsts and two pick swaps but i will note that one of the firsts that we got the bucks 2025 pick is one of the exact picks that was used to acquire drew holiday interesting (laughs) (laughs) you think that's exactly what they're looking for and that's why we traded for that pick i like this take Leon, Leon is like Thanos, and that was one of the Infinity Stones. And now we just need those pick swaps and the other two Milwaukee picks. And then we need uh, Bledsoe's bad contract. And then we're going to yeah. get DeJounte Murray. That was great. So, so, thing... so basically, this is all going to work out perfectly. And we're absolutely getting DeJounte Murray. We're getting Jalen Brunson. And we're going to field a very competitive, fun young team next year. So let's just stick with that, okay? Yeah, I think we're good. <sighs> I was li- I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings. The East is deep, dude. Like, even if we get Jalen Brunson, I don't know if I see us passing any of the top eight teams in the East. I'm definitely like, shou- soured a little bit on Chicago. I don't know. I guess they have Lonzo back, though, which is nice for Yeah, them. Lonzo and Caruso should be back, and they might make Lonzo's some- always hurt. I will, I will go on the record here saying that, the, that Chicago I'm not super impressed with. That was also, like, the DeRozan season from – mana from heaven yeah I, I just like i don't know but yeah i mean right the, the Cavs and hornets were both better than us and have like young exciting talent that probably will get better the hawks evan mobley's evan mobley's gonna be a problem next year for sure yeah but i don't think our plan is like to compete right now we're just like treading water <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> the plan's not to compete <laughs> what is the plan <laughs> well it's not to compete at the highest levels that's for sure well yeah. i mean it might be to compete at the highest levels but like the realistic plan is to like battle for the i don't know you're making me depressed battle where's a brunson Kyrie backcourt getting us oh my god <laughs> well, so like, yeah actually you mean that's 40 a good games question. of Kyrie. that's a good question like would you guys want Brunson as your starting point guard or are you looking to pair like Dallas did Brunson with another primary ball handler that you know theoretically 
has a little bit more defensive upside. The latter. I don't think Brunson can – I don't think – if you're going to be really good, I don't think Brunson should be handling all of the playmaking duties. But So, so the only reason I ask that is, you know, Brunson out of college was really more of that kind of like, you know, team organizer, point guard, Mike Conley vein point guard where he wasn't, you know, necessarily the, the guy who's doing all of the, the creation for your team. But he, he, he was actually good at organizing those, his college teams. And, and I feel like that's maybe some of the role that he'll play with us if he, if he does, if we get him and no one else. Um, I could see him, you know, he, he was maybe pushed into more of a secondary scoring role in Dallas, and that's kind of how they used him. I don't necessarily think that he's limited to that role. Yeah. I mean, a point yeah. guard rotation of Brunson and Rose is, is nice. I it's guess. good. I know we are. Okay. So the other thing is that we got like 20 games of Derek Rose last year. Yeah. And he was our MVP. Sort. I mean, Randall was, but like, he was definitely our best player in those 20 games last year. He was our best player in those games. And he was like the kind of the engine that made us tick the year that we got the four seed. So yeah, he's probably I, the I, best player in that series against the Hawks too. Yeah, I, I do think just getting him back and if we add Brunson, that will make us like definitely better. But I think it, we're talking about like, you know, a 42 and 40 team as opposed to a 30s. Like we weren't even that bad last year, but, you know, it's not going to certainly not going to vault us into the top four in the East again. No. Um, but the, just to go back to the DeJounte Murray thing, I love the fit. I just feel like it's too creative and clever for, for the Knicks. You know, it's like they, I just think, like they're they're like point guard plays point guard and then we need a shooting guard to play shooting guard and then like a, a small forward to play small forward i don't view them as a team that'll be like well, we can get two point guards and play them together are you saying that from like a tips perspective potentially they did play they did play rose and quickly together so that could kind of be the 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 starting lineup version of that and we had a small forward playing point guard all last year. <laughs> yeah, they got real. They got real creative with Alec Burks, who was never seen as a point guard before all of one, all of last season. <laughs> that was like some Tibbs. Like, I am just gonna grind this. Like, this is all I have, and I these are my lemons, and I'm gonna make the most stinky rotten lemonade that you've ever seen with this stinky lemonade. That's I will stuff. say, I'll, I'll be hyped. If we have Brunson, I'll be hyped every time he hits one of those like pump fake reverse pivot paint jumpers. Oh, also a lot of lefties, a lot of lefties with Brunson, RJ, Randall. Yeah, I remember when the Knicks were. Uh, it was the Obi Toppin draft, and all like the draft analysts were talking about whether we should target Killian Hayes, and they were like, "Well, you already have Barrett, <laughs> so like you don't want two lefties because they're <laughs> going to operate in the same part of the court." And I was like, yeah. "What?" what does that even mean? <laughs> like when was the last time a team signed two righties and there were, and then somebody was like, Oh man, they got too many righties. <laughs> yeah. Also one thing I am thinking about with Brunson is he loves to score in the paint and that paint is going to be packed. That with paint, I know Randall and Mitch and RJ likes to do his scoring in the paint and it's fine Everybody to have a lot of guys who like to score in the paint. paint. But you have to surround them with guys who can shoot so that the paint's open. So I am a little a little worried about that. Well, that's why I'm, that's why I'm I guess very I'm worried not, about that. I am worried about that. I guess that's kind of why, you know, keeping Fournier might be a necessary evil at this point, just because he is a good shooter. And um, I think he would benefit from playing with someone like Brunson, who's just a better ball mover and playmaker than I think we have on our roster currently. <laughs> He's definitely better than Alec Burks. Um, Max, Randall for Duncan Robinson, straight up. It's an interesting play. Duncan Robinson had a bad year last year, right? He did. Yeah, but he's not Randall. No. He's a different guy. You know, but um, is he, is he, you know, with kind of the limited playmaking we have on our roster, is he someone that would be better than Fournier? Then, well, he's just as bad. He's just as bad at defense. Our defense if would not, be, if well, not worse. He's certainly. I mean, Randall's terrible at defense. What about what um? Was. I still, my, I still have a fantasy of like Randall for Gordon Hayward. 
sort of like yeah. trading each that's other's. Just, that's just not happening, though. There's just no way that this front office does that. I just yeah. talk about not like a lack of creativity by our front office. There's no way that we trade Randall for Gordon Hayward. They're not just going to punt on this guy that they gave four years to a four year big extension to for a yeah. guy with like a really really long injury history who's probably not going to play any games for us yeah that (laughs) who might not play any games for us i don't know that hayward contract is like a known negative whereas the randall one at least you might still have some teams who are willing to talk themselves into its upside because he's so because he's young at least and he displayed it two years ago and he's healthy like simmons was throwing around the idea of indiana trading brogdon for randall just because he thinks randall's an undervalued guy and like simmons isn't the end all be all obviously but Maybe there's some people out there who think Randall's like a distressed asset in the vein of, of Wiggins and Minnesota. So, but I just, yeah, no, I agree. But like, you he's still I a 27 think, year old who averaged 20 or 26, 27, who averaged 21, 10 and five. I just, now that we're talking more about this, I'm pretty worried if we, if like we just go into next year, the only thing that we did is we added Brunson and we run out the same team. Like the spacing is going to be so bad. Yeah. I think that is the most likely scenario, unfortunately. <laughs> like Not to even, be depressing, but that, that is that is kind of what is depressing about it. I think we kind of went to this draft and we did all this work scouting all these guys, and there were a few guys we liked at at our pick. I mean, Jalen Williams. And if anyone listened to our pod about Jalen Williams, they know we all have a crush on him. And mm. I think uh, it would have been a nice pickup there. But, you know, it, it would have at least given us some sort of like – excitement some youth some you know something fun to root for and getting Jalen Brunson is like a fun move but I could it it is kind of like wow it's basically the same team that we watched last year like not do anything so it's just the problem of team building with Randall where he needs the ball in his hands and aside from like one year hasn't really shown that he can shoot threes at a high level and I just want to see a point guard running pick and roll with Mitch with shooters around it and kicking it to RJ on the other side of the court and having him attack closeouts. But that's just never a team construction that we can have with Randall unless he suddenly becomes a 40% three-point shooter again. I mean, they could try to get – It's. It, I mean, all the reporting now sounds like we're going to bring back Mitch, but they could try to get, like, Bamba shot, like, near 40% from three last year. The eternal Miles Turner fake trade. The, the eternal Miles Turner fake trade. Yep. I mean, one of these, one of these like random firsts and Mitch for Miles Turner or something. I don't know. Those aren't like really needle moving trades, but like it would just make it more pleasant to watch. I can't watch. We've had such bad spacing for two of the last three years, like some of the worst spacing in the NBA. It just looks like a different sport than when you're watching like the Warriors or the Celtics or like the Mavs. Um, yeah, the Mavs. <laughs> it's and it's not good for RJ either because he is not super explosive. And when he like has to go into the paint and there's three guys sitting in there already, either like guarding Mitch in the paint or sagged off Randall in the paint or like not paying attention to Kemba. <laughs> yep. Like, it's just not, it's not good. There is a little bit of an addition by subtraction with Kemba, I think. That was, that was just a weird situation that we created for ourselves. Yeah. And we didn't Even have though we had to, last year. had to do some weird stuff to get rid of him. I mean, I'm just a, as a net kind of positive, I think I'm kind of glad we're off him now. And going from yeah. no point guards to an average point guard is, is good. No, it'll help. It'll help. I just worry, like, I just worry that everybody's going to look worse. Like, Brunson's going to look worse, and RJ's going to look worse, and Randall's going to look worse, unless Randall miraculously learns how to shoot again. Yeah. I don't think we're getting the Brunson from that Utah series where everyone was spread out and Utah had no one who could stay in front of him, and he was just getting into the paint at will and hitting little 10 footers. Yeah, they had four shooters around him, or three, yeah. at least they, with Kleba. With, with Kleba, they did have four shooters around him. So, And against Utah's uniquely poor perimeter defense as well, where he could just, he was just like going through turnstiles on his way into the paint, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he played well against the Suns, though, too. Yeah. 
We might be getting ahead of ourselves, though. I mean, you know, we don't have Jalen Brunson yet. Yeah, so. we might just not get him. <laughs> I, I don't even I honestly don't even want to think about that. That that scares me more than anything, because then then I don't know what this front office is or what's when, their point at all. When's this bandaid getting ripped off? Uh, next Thursday, Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. June 30th is when it starts. It's not. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I, yeah. I always feel like it's in July, but I guess it's in June this year. And it's going to be it's going to be a long seven days i am gonna need like i can't be around my phone basically for the next seven days because all i'm gonna be doing is refreshing twitter trying to see what the latest rumors are yeah i did see a dallas morning news article that was uh concerned about that's good that's good (laughs) we're we're scouring we're scouring like the dallas writers in dallas yeah That'd be pretty bad for Dallas to lose Brunson for nothing after that playoff run. Well, uh, guys, it could be Kyrie because uh, no, I don't don't do that. Sam. Woj said that the situation between the Nets and Kyrie is getting acrimonious, and Kyrie has just tweeted, "Are you awake?" Question mark. See everything that's <laughs> happening, right? Question mark. F star star star. What they think? It's legendary to be different. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i mean he's he's right it is legendary to be different the the bleacher report article is in big bold woge Kyrie contract talks getting acrimonious small not bold subheader qu- uh, parentheses that just means angry and bitter <laughs> tells you everything you know need to know about Ble- bleacher report there <laughs> Oh my God, Bleacher Report is the worst and I'm going to be stuck on it for the next like six days. Uh-huh. Mark Stein did say the Jalen Brunson sweepstakes just got real. My in-depth story on the major momentum New York is building in its bid to sign Brunson away from Dallas. Yeah, that's the one that I was reading um, that said the, the four-year four 100 offer. Yeah, so, I do think there's a good chance we land him. That's all I'll say. I, I mean, I, I yeah. really do. You I, gotta, I think we can you get this guy. That. All right. I think you got to do that. You He's really not. That. This is not the kind of like, you know, we're not competing with a thousand teams that are like all championship contenders. We're competing with a Dallas Mavericks team that has him in a secondary role. We're going to offer him a primary role and we're going to offer him a chance to play with his dad and a chance to play, you know, for an organization that's run by people who he's known forever. He's <laughs> literally family. I mean, I, I don't understand. Like this, we get, we got to be able to get this guy. Come on, Max. Yeah. Um, also, just spitballing, but apparently John Collins is quote done with the Hawks, so that could be an interesting guy to trade for. He would actually give us some shooting at that four spot if we could convince them to take Randall back. Uh, uh Collins Randall. Just Swap? send them. Just send them all the clips of Randall toasting John Collins in a one-on-one match. <laughs> wow! Wait, I kind of love this idea. Yeah. I love this idea because that's a long list of like he loves playing John Collins. He always toasted him, except in the playoffs they put Hunter on him and he couldn't do anything. But against John Collins, he's always on his game. The only problem is this is ripe for the classic like old you know former Knicks revenge game when Randall comes back to the garden and oh yeah does the John thumbs Collins down again. and cooks John Collins in the garden that's an, evil, that's an evil we have to live with <laughs> yeah well it's gonna that's, be an interesting it's gonna be an interesting free agency period that's for I'd do that I'd, I'd do Randall and and uh a couple of the Fugazi picks for John Collins yeah well what what does Collins shoot from three high 30s I think very so good volume. It, it needs to be noted that his defense is terrible. He so shoots. Mitch. He's a career thirty-seven percent three-point shooter. On no, his volume is not as high as you would think. Guess how many three-point attempts per game? I have it open. Only three a game. Yeah, three a game, thirty-eight percent for his career. But Randall was five a game, thirty percent last year. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, Collins is kind of the idealized version of what we want Obi to be, right? Yeah, yeah. That'd be nice. Someone's gonna pick him up, and it'll be a good addition for their team. I would do that trade. I would still do that trade. Yeah, 
What, what would you guys give up for DeJounte? I would give all of the poo-poo platter of first-round yeah. picks, <laughs> for sure. So that's and? the Bucks, the uh, Washington, Detroit picks we just picked up. I would give the Dallas picks. That's four yep. firsts, four theoretically nominal firsts, I mean. And I would probably give... Um, Burks. Well, like salary matching, yeah. And then I would probably give, like, additionally... Maybe you keep some, I don't know if you want to give them like five first round picks, but like maybe like our first round pick next year, top four protected and like a few of those. Yeah. I'm not attached to any of these picks. Throw them all at him. Yeah. I mean, he's like a 25 year old all-star elite defender. I'd be talking about bad spacing though. Yeah. 20 average 21 and nine. Yeah. That, so, so I guess the idea would be like, we feel the team that's really just a bunch of young, really competitive guys who can score and do a lot of things and are pretty versatile, but probably can't shoot very well. Like our, our spacing is going to be kind of tough, but what if then we kind of just offload if, you know, all, all of these things are, you know, all these guys are very tradable. You know, if, if we feel like one doesn't fit or, whatnot i think i think it would be a just a fun team to root for obviously and and we have a young kind of the the young core would really start to come together what nice. if what if we invert traditional basketball where we have no shooters in our backcourt <laughs> and all shooters in our front court <laughs> so we try Fine. to get like john collins miles turner and then the backcourt no one can shoot and then it <laughs> and sort then of balances itself out yeah what about I, I feel like we got to get rid of, of Randall if uh, we're going to bring in Dejounte Murray. Yeah, I agree. No, that's a that's a match made in hell. <laughs> so so put Randall and then I'm down to give like all of those first. Yeah, as far as like mid range. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if Randall and and let's I mean, listen, Randall was a disaster. I have to say, Randall was a disaster in particular with Alec Burks, a non-point guard playing point guard, where Randall had to facilitate a lot and is not very good at that. He's just not good at that. I'm sorry. He's he's a fine passer in certain situations, but like as a primary ball handler on the perimeter, that is not the position you want him in. No. I just wonder if he's better in a lot of different ways if he's not in that role. And he, and he kind of returns to a, a higher level of form where he's, if he's not asked to have the ball in his hands all the time, you have even just, even just Brunson, right? Even if Brunson could just take some of that ball handling responsibility and actually do something good with it. Um, I think Randall potentially is, is not a terrible player. I think we're really looking at him through the lens of his role last year. Um, I, I don't think he, I think he can still redeem some of his value. Yeah, he would also benefit a lot from playing next to a center who can space the floor because he's best at the rim. Yeah, but like I don't think he wants that role. Like I think he. Well, it's wants... not really. It's not really about what he wants, right? Like it's, <laughs> he's not going to have a choice, right? You can either you can either like play within a team concept, or just like tank his value and try and ask for a trade. But like, you know. I guess that that's one option given how like ac- talk about acrimonious. He, he had a very acrimonious year last year with the fan base. Um, but like, he's just going to be even I, more I don't mopey. Think he wants to do that. I, I, I have a feeling that he wants to have a better year. He was, it was, it was really like the polar opposite of how he was the prior year where he was such a good teammate. He was kind of like having fun on the court. And, and I think he likes winning and, and I think winning kind of cures a lot of that feeling of of stress and and disdain and so i you know i'm just saying like if he has a better point guard that is actually setting him up in better positions and um creating more for him because he had to do a lot of creation by himself um and tibbs will obviously like tibbs likes his point guards let's be honest i i don't, I don't think you know say what you want about tibbs's offense which is often very uncreative but he does like his point guards. He likes putting the ball in the hands of like whoever his creator is and letting them go to work. So, um, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to to like put any sort of of my hopes in Randall. <laughs> yeah. It's not a yeah. It's less of a hope and more of just like I guess it is a hope. But I just I, I'm just thinking like it. 
I, I think it will automatically he'll look a little bit better in a better team concept. Yeah, possible. That's fair. Yeah. Well, where does that leave us? <laughs> it leaves us. We're going to see what happens next week. I think yeah. – um, why don't we uh, – I think we're probably good to wrap up here, but why don't we go around and give – our uh, blind prediction for say two weeks from now, what is, what have we done? I think we've signed Brunson. I think it's for more than four years, a hundred. Cause I think four years, a hundred Dallas could beat that. And I think then maybe Jalen comes back to us and says, Dallas is willing to give me four years, one ten or whatever. And then we go up to four years, one twenty, And I think we get him, but we feel a little dirty about it when it's done. <laughs> and that's the only move? Yeah. Okay. Nick? I think we get Brunson. And you know what? We get DeJounte Murray as well. <laughs> We're throwing the top rope. <laughs> We're trading all our picks over the next four years. We're going out. We're landing him. And it's going to that, – that's – you know what? I'm just going to go with that because otherwise I'll be depressed for the next two weeks. So I love it. I love it. So my rational brain thinks that Max is right. And my irrational brain, my heart. I don't know if I believe we're going to get DeJounte Murray, but just to be different, I'll, I'll just throw out. I think we'll get Brunson. I think we'll get him at four years, 100. Um, and I think that we're going to make another sort of move, but using some of these assets, but I don't think it will be DeJounte Murray. Like I said, I just don't view the front front office as creative enough for that. I think it'll be some sort of like, hopefully it'll be some sort of shooting upgrade. Yeah. I feel, I like feel that if I'm being honest with myself, I agree with you. I, I don't, I think DeJounte Murray is definitely a long shot, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just that second move hopeful. might be a ways off too whatever we spit those assets into, that might be like a deadline move or something. You think? Yeah, I don't know. Any, any chance we don't uh, go into the season starting with Julius? No. I feel we're, like start, we're keeping him. Yeah. Seems we're keeping incredibly like, unlikely. Yeah. Like trading him now, you're just, you're trading him at the absolute basement of his value. I feel like they're going to try to rehab him as best they can. Yeah. Probably right. Get ready for jab steps. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of jab stepping, a lot of pivoting in the paint. RJ, RJ, Julius, questions. and Brunson all have that sort of ability, all that have that sort of like stop on one foot and then fade away in the in the paint move. So, and if we don't get Brunson, we're going to record one of the darkest podcasts we've had in a long time. Yeah, unless it's like for some insane, crazy upgrade. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What if we get Kyrie? <laughs> That's gonna hurt my brain so much. Yeah, I don't. It's gonna be so weird if we do that. I don't even want to. <laughs> what if we I'm get Kyrie ready. and KD? <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? I saw that Zach Lowe said teams are prepping packages for Durant. <laughs> oh my god! I mean. That would just be so ridiculous. <laughs> we obviously, I would talk myself into that. We, they get Julius too, obviously. Just to, we just just swap to teams? tie it all together, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we get our team basically, I think. And then we talk ourselves into like how it will be different now that they're on the Knicks and not the Nets. And like yeah. Leon like Rose and West will like impose structure and order and not let them just do whatever they want. Kyrie's not missing games under Tibbs. <laughs> Well, He's playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not missing uh, due to personal reasons, but uh, probably due to injury. <laughs> yeah, what is personal reasons? Personal reasons is, is Spalding. Spalding. Uh, I guess it's Wilson now. Just basketball. I don't get it. No, never mind. Just Tibbs. <laughs> All right, let's cut this off. Tibbs doesn't have any personal reasons. It's all basketball. Let's, let's, let's do the outro here. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff, guys. Uh, we will be back probably after the first day or two of free agency to uh, wrap up what hopefully is good, uh, but could be bad because it's the Knicks. So thanks a lot, everyone. Bye.
Bye. See you next time. See ya.